Welcome to Cracking the Code. My name is Ryan Skinner, as you know, and I'm here with my good friend Ada. Ada, how do I say, how do I say your last name? I always Ward. Butcher. Ward? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was like Ward E or something at the end. Or, oh, no. No, there's no letter at the end? Then, then I have you saved wrong in my phone. Right. <laughs> Not surprisingly, I have the reading ability of a sixth grader and the writing ability of a fourth grader. Uh, thank God for numbers. Uh, first of all, thank you for coming on. What I do on this podcast, I think you probably heard me say it before, is I look at life like this. Most men, I can't speak to women because I'm not a woman, although maybe I can identify for now. <laughs> but maybe, for most men, we can get two out of four. If you look at a combination lock with this four that you have to line up, every day we can get two out of four. Everybody has two out of four talents, right? Maybe they're good at working out. Maybe they can make money. Maybe they can be a father or a husband, whatever. On good days, a lot of guys, they're really on point, can get that third thing. Like, hey, I'm good. Like I always say, I'm good at going to work. I'm good at my career. I'm good at working out and staying in shape. I, I can be a good really in a relationship. I can also be a zero, you know. So that on a good day, though, I can fire in all three. But very rarely is a guy going to be able to hit all four cylinders and that sort of thing, or all four numbers. Our job, what we do with the coaching, and a lot of times we go and speak, you know, to small businesses or big businesses. They have me out and they speak to the sales team. Is how do you get yourself fired on all four gears? You know, like when I coach guys, I'll say, all right, well, tell me your morning routine, and I'll tell you what you do. Like, you know, get out of bed, roll out of bed. I hit my knees. I pray. I do a little meditation, a little journaling. I work out. I break a sweat. I shower. I get ready. I go off to work. Blah. That's a routine for success. I get out of bed, I say a quick prayer, and I'm out the door. That's not a successful morning. And you might be able to do it once in a while, but it'll catch you. Um, but what I try to do is learn from people that have fallen at some point in their life and had success. What characteristics or what routines or disciplines do they have in their life that have made them successful? You're an anomaly. You got sober. How old were you? You got sober. 21. Jesus Christ. Right right when it gets good, it got bad, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, it got bad before that. It's good that you knew when to cash chips in because I'll tell you, in my late teens, early 20s, I used to say I wasn't an alcoholic because I wouldn't drink all the time. Right. But if I went out on a Thursday, if I was going to drink, I didn't know if I was going to work Friday, if I was going to be home by Saturday. I didn't know where it would take me. <laughs> and I remember graduating college. At this point, my father had thrown me out because he's like, you're not living in my house where you live. And, he, and I said, Dad, I want to move home. I want to start a financial business. I have to take licenses. Uh, at that point, I was living with some girl who paid all my bills. I drove her car. I was like, I was like a kept man. And my father said, you want to come home? Here's what you do. The BMW you just bought, right, with dirty money, you put that in the driveway. You drive your mother's Volkswagen that has a bungee cord holding the hood down. You have a 10 p.m. curfew seven days a week and no alcohol. I said, no drinking during the week. He said, no, no alcohol, period. You drink once, you're out the door. Because my dad saw it at the time that if, if I drank, we didn't know where it would go. So, and I wanted, my dad was a man of integrity, still is. Um, he never made a ton of money, but he was a solid guy. Somebody who you look at me, what a good guy. And so I listened to him and I moved home. And for a year, I didn't drink once. I stayed in shape. I was in bed by 10 p.m. I built my business, I got my licenses. And that was great. The problem was that I didn't really know I had an alcohol or drug problem. Back then it wasn't drugs, it was just booze. I just knew that I wasn't good at drinking. So I thought, like, as I get older, when I got in this business, people would take me out for scotch. And now you're in a nice suit and you're making big money and you're in a bar store in a nice restaurant. I didn't think you could become an alcoholic in your 20s. And so what I didn't realize is if you have to control and you're drinking, it's out of control. For you to get this gift at such a young age, Jesus, I mean, the world is just, it's going to open up to you. You know, we were just talking about some of those practices I've used and how everything I put down on paper for goals I've hit. Unfortunately, a lot of my goals were selfish. And I don't even mean like the material stuff because those weren't selfish things. Everybody wants to have a decent car, this and that. My most selfish thing was bringing a child into a, or this world in a way that probably was rushed, okay? You know, jumping into a marriage and having a stepchild who, which probably should have taken more time to take a look at the playing field for both me and her. That's the stuff I consider really selfish. And you get to you get to have a life that you build on spiritual and solid principles from the ground up. So let me ask you, let's go back a little. When did your drinking and your partying go off the rails? I'd probably say COVID. <clears throat> COVID how old, really how old were we two? Up. Probably what, 18 around then? No, 17? 20. 20, 19, 20, yeah. Okay. My freshman year of college, they sent us home. And that was like the first time it was oh, okay got, to isolate. You got you know? sober at 21. Yeah. So how old are you now? Yeah, 22. I so I'm, I'm coming 20. up on a year, literally like a week. I got a year. Yeah. 
Hell yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. That's big shit. You Hell know yeah. what I mean? That's bigger than 20 years because your first year is a knife fight. You know, you go through yeah. a lot of the first, like, dating or not dating and trying to deal with yourself. You know, yeah. um, you know, deal with work stress or not deal with work stress. Losing jobs, getting jobs. We never learned how to deal with pressure as adults. And now you got to do it. That's unbelievable. So, yeah, COVID, I can understand... Um, I mean, COVID was like something none of us experienced. Nah, man. Last yeah. time you had that was what, 1918, 1920, when yeah. they had the um, Spanish flu? Yeah. So th this pandemic, you're home, you're isolating. Now, I know your dad, I don't want to put too much of his stuff out there in an inappropriate way. I don't think no, you care, though. No, but um, your dad's got strong recovery. Yes. So it must have been really hard to get away with drinking alcoholically with a father who's got good recovery. Yes and no. He, like you said, he does have good recovery. Yeah. And you know, I know now that my mother, my brother, they went to him and was like, yo, you got to help Aiden out, get him in rehab, do this. And they didn't understand at the time, but he was like, if I interfere, he's going to get a resentment against me and probably the whole family. Yeah, you probably would have so run. He had to, yeah, he, had, he, he used his recovery to let me make my own mistakes and make me want to get sober. Well, there's a good example of you know? recovery because most of us want to control. I'd tie my kid down. Oh, me too. But you have to detach yeah. with love. And that's and he knew enough that if, if it's tr attraction, not promotion. Right. If he shoved it down your throat, you wouldn't have been living there. You'd be living with some junked out guy oh. or girl. And, and you, you might even be dead. But instead, he shows you that it's an easy way. Yeah. And then there's a better way of life. And, and at some right. point, when it, the pain was bad enough, you had to look at it and say, geez, I, I remember my dad being a mess. And he's just doing <laughs> all right now. Yeah, yeah, 100%. 100%. That's great that he could do that because yeah, that's what he's supposed to do. But there's a lot of things I'm supposed to do that I don't. Yeah, yeah, me too. You know what me I mean? Too, yeah. That's awesome. So during COVID, things get sloppy, obviously. They get rough. You yep. isolate, you're drinking. Yep. And where was the bottom for you? Was it like a DUI? Was it getting yeah, a so house? Like eventually that? in, yeah, 2022, I was 21, literally a month and I got a DUI. That was my bottom. But, you know, prior to that, shit show. Yeah. Hospitals. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I danced around a little bit and with mental health. I had a problem with mental health. Did you? I didn't know how to handle myself, handle my thoughts. You know, I wasn't excited for anything. Didn't have any drive, motivation. Um, you know, I always showed up for work, but, you know, stupid jobs. Yeah. Fucking, I mean... I respect anybody who works, but you no, know, I know you like, say the jobs that you said like, for fucking, less. Yeah, so I would always settle for less, and you know, I so I went to uh, I went to Arbor Care in Woburn for mental health, and there was an addiction and recovery side. And I remember one of the days they they uh, had us both in the same room. Yeah, and they started talking about it, and I was like, oh shit, like that's when kind of hit me, and this was like when I was like. 18, 19. Okay. Yeah, so I was like, oh, I might have to think about that. But still, it wasn't like a problem yet. I was smoking weed every day, um, you know, a lot. But um, it never occurred to me because I was like, oh, I don't drink. Yeah. And I saw my father. He was heroin. Yeah. You know, so I was like, as long as I stay away from the hard shit, I can't have a problem. And, and you know, I think that you keeps know? people out there longer. Oh, it did. It did. Like, heroin so. did what it was supposed to do for me. It brought me on my knees. Heroin made me a <laughs> yeah. bitch. I mean, I'll tell you real Hell quick. Yeah. I it, it did what it was meant to do, and it got me to a bottom where I was either going to die or get better. Right. It's that in-between link of that's where you suffer. Right. Like when you're, it's like being in a boxing match and you're up against the ropes and it just keeps beating on you and you want your knees to give out because you want to get out <laughs> or you want to jump out of the ring but it, but it just keeps you and that's the problem with alcohol and weed if you're not a complete tragedy or if you don't have enough responsibility to lose things then like you know you're a young guy at that point like you're living in your parents' house you don't have a lot to lose no. so you can kind of linger like that for a shitload oh, of time 100% yeah, 100% so what made you finally want to change? Was it ain't one thing or just got tired yeah. of being tired? Yeah. That I got tired of being sick and tired, yeah. But no, honestly, my family, um, they kind of had like a mini intervention for me. Because um, when I got, I got my DUI two and a half hours away from the house, and, you know, I saw what it did to them. Like, my, my mom and dad, they had to take Monday off, come up yeah. and get me. I had, I got it at 3 in the morning on Sunday. I had a court date Monday morning at 9 a.m. Just like the disappointment on their faces. And this was like the fourth time I was, you know, caught up in a legal issue or, you know, I woke up in the hospital one time and I didn't know where I was. 
and they're just all standing over me, staring down at me. And I'm like, fuck, it happened again. Yeah. And yeah, even that, yeah. I took maybe three days off of drinking. Yeah. But, well, maybe, yeah. But I get it. It's, bro. it's, it, it was just like killing, it was killing me to see them like that, but I couldn't stop. Yeah. Well, like, well that's the thing. You mean well. Yeah. I remember in my mid 20s, uh, Amanda had just left me and I was a disaster and I was doing drugs and alcohol. And I remember um, I wasn't doing a lot of drugs, nothing hard, but I was drinking a lot. Right. And I remember I had surgery. I, well, I, didn't, I had surgery because I went in, I was throwing up blood. And so I went to the hospital and they cauterized it. And they said, okay, you're all set. And then two seconds later, the nurse looked and I, they called my pa- father to come. The girlfriend I was dating at the time called my parents. My parents come, my father's in the room with me. I'm talking to the nurse, the doctor, and I throw up blood everywhere again, even after they cauterized it. Now I'm losing blood like crazy. And they, they try to give me a transfusion, but it's not holding in because I'm losing it. So I look at the doctor, I said, Doc, I'll never forget, Dr. Brophy. I said, Dr. Brophy, am I going to die? He was not on my watch, kid. And then I went under, and then about, I think it was like 28 and 29 days later, I came out from this coma. Holy and, shit. Uh, and I'm sitting there, and I remember like being on life support, and they take it out, and you're talking again, and they bring in this nurse to talk to you about recovery, and they're like, you know, you can never drink again. I'm like, yeah, that's cute. Get out of here. And, <laughs> yeah. and I didn't think it was pop- And I remember my mother being like, you can't say it to that girl. And I'm like, and I looked at them like, you idiots, you can't not drink. Like, right. what are you talking? And I never thought, I never thought you could not drink. Right. It, it didn't even make sense to me. And so I know what you're saying, and the pain, I will tell you, one of the bombs when I when I got held in jail, my dad, um, my dad's a some old guy, he's a tough guy around there, you know, rough around the edges, or at least he was when I was growing up. Now he's I mean, into a cat. And I remember my mother and him coming, and uh, I was held in, I got arrested in Woober, involved in the scuffle, and uh, they looked like I was going to do some serious time because um, I was breaking up a fight, but a kid stabbed me, and I used his knife to stab him. And I didn't touch the knife, I bent his arm, but. I mean, he was the one that was all cut up, even though he had stabbed me first, broke my teeth. And it wasn't until they got a copy of a security camera somewhere else that they found out it was self-defense. And thank God. But I was on probation. Either way, I violated. I was going to go to jail. And so the, they said, you know, we're going to call your parents if you want to bail you. I said, don't call them. I go, I'm a piece of shit. Leave me here. The guy who's the chief now was the head detective. They called him and he said, call his parents. He might not be out for 10 years. Let them bail him out. Let him spend a couple of days with them. They call, my parents come, they have to go to all these different ATMs in the middle of the night and all this stuff to come up with money. Mm. And they give them the money and they come up with it. And then uh, after I get out and I'm like, I'm looking at you guys, I'm walking on my mother goes, you walking, what are you, are you an idiot? Like, you you just got arrested, get in, we'll drive you. Like, no, because I was so ashamed looking at them. And then mm. I remember when they came to jail and I'll never forget looking through the window. My mother looked sad and she was upset. She didn't get a jail bra. My poor mother, you can't go through the metal detector with a regular bra. So here was a lady in her 60s getting a bra with, without wire. Or maybe in her late 50s, whatever. And my dad looked at this. And he looked so sad and defeated. And he used to be so proud of me as a business guy. You know? right. That feeling of taking the air out of your parents, it's like you stab them and deflate them and the air just comes right out. Yeah. And that's a pain, you know that nobody will understand until they do it to their own parents mm-hmm. or somebody they love. So what we talked about before we got on, and I think this ties to that pain is, usually, when I asked about your mom, is your mom nice? She sounds nice. She's the nicest person I've ever met. That's what you said to me. She's the nicest yes. person I know. So taking the air out of her, not to add guilt, but I mean, at this point we're over no, that. No, no, yes. But yeah. to take the air out of her must have been, I can't imagine. Yeah, she went through it with my father and then me. I mean. She hit the lottery, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, my dad always says, he's like, you know, that was my dream to have my son and me be an AA. But no, nah, he's always joking around. But um, yeah, my mother is just literally the best person I know. Make any shitty situation a positive one. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of people. She's an attractive person, like attractive to people. Yeah. So a lot of people are negative And sometimes I feel, <clears throat> excuse me, I feel protective of her. Because yeah. I'm like, you got to like. It's like people are like vampires. Like they're gonna. They'll suck. suck. Yeah, they'll I'm suck like the scared. Life right out of you. Yeah, I'm scared for her because she's so positive, and nice, and you know, uplifting. I don't want her to lose that because of other people. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I so, know exactly what you mean. So I feel very protective of my mother in that way, but you know, she's just the best lady ever. Like, that's the other thing. Like when my my dad left, um, you know, I knew he was take care taking care of shit, but my brother was like young enough to be on that cusp of not understanding it fully yeah but you know i had the privilege of you know my mother told me first it was just me and her she told me and then 
she was like, yeah, like, I want you to be here. Your brother's going to be home in like an hour. I want you to be here while I tell him too. What did she tell him? That my dad was using, using. And I remember, I remember I was like, mom, he's not using heroin, right? Because even at that young age, 16. Yeah, I was surprised you yeah, knew 15, that much 16, Yeah. But there's just like, heroin is just like, it is what it's it like is. A, it's, it's fucking that word. Just yeah, it cuts through the air, man. Oh yeah, it fucking yeah. cuts through the air. And, I, and she I was, was like, that no, bad, so I was shooting dope. Exactly. And she was like, no, 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 no. I know she, she lied, but yeah. she was. I she understand. To I, you. Yeah, I was gonna say she was protecting me, but like that really messed me up because I didn't know where to fit in. Like I knew I was there for my family, like my brother and my mother. Like you know, my mother would be crying at night. It would wake me up. I would go in go into a room and just, you know, calm her down, hug her. And I don't wish that on any kid. You it's know? a lot of pressure for a young man. Yeah. And then I, I felt I couldn't show any emotion to her and my brother because yep. I didn't want to make any attention on me when yeah. they're struggling. My brother, my brother's kind of, he's a, I love the kid, but like I said, he didn't understand. Yeah. But he was kind of okay. And I just wanted to be there for him, act like nothing was wrong, you know, do our normal shooting the shit thing. And yeah be there for my mother because I was like oh, I can't make my mother worry about me even if I got the biggest problem in the world I'm not telling her and then that just kind of got ingrained in me yeah so I just stopped I would always be I was always a part of my mother's life but I just stopped telling her how I actually felt yeah so you were there but you weren't there the real exactly. you wasn't there exactly. I was just trying to be that you know I'm protecting you and I yeah. respect that but we don't realize that um somebody said to me recently I was trying to be there for somebody in my life who's going through a really hard time and right he goes you're not God yeah, because you can't you can't play God. Just be honest and show up and just be sincere. Right. And I go, well, I'm trying anything. No, be authentic. Don't don't no more of this. Just just be real. Right. And it's hard though because we do we feel like we're supposed to help this person. I realize now I'm just supposed to be authentic. And yeah. if I'm really me, right early on it might not be good. But overall, if I step back on the big picture at the end, I'll be like, I'm glad it was really me. Right. But oftentimes we're people pleasers and we want to make oh. things better. And plus, what you love it's your parents. I mean, I. The closest I can equate to my mom might be because um, my parents were I was living there. My dad didn't have any of those issues, but my daughter, like I want to protect them. You oh, know, my God, I want to yeah. protect them big time from that stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I look at Dylan, I never ever want Dylan to have that experience. Right, right. You should. You know, that's that's the only time I've put my hands on somebody else. You know, <clears throat> never because you could say whatever you want to me. It's like. Yeah. Second, you mess with my family, my yeah. friends, you know, then, you know. But, I, yeah, that's why I'm kind of glad. Like, I know I'm really young, but I don't have any, like, atta real attachments outside of my set. Yeah, you, know, you my can mother, rebuild a clean, crisp yeah, life. Yeah, my mom, my dad, my brother. And I'm trying to keep it that way for now. Yeah. Like, I'm scared to go try and date. And I'm not afraid that's to admit it. It's just like, yeah. you know, like, I don't, I got a good thing going on and I don't want someone to come in and. You know, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt, but like, well, people might not intentionally do it. They just no, happens, I know, you know, I know, but I can't for my mental state. And you know, coming up on a year, it's like I got so much good shit going for me right now. I'm taking it easy. You know, people what I mean? ask me, they'll say to me like, you, you know, you, you must be psyched. You know, you gotta, you gotta be on your own. You, you know, you gotta have your kids some days. The other days, you know, you make good living and you're you get in good shape. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you want the truth? You want to know who I'm gonna date? Her name is Dylan, my little daughter. Yeah, right. The next year or two, that's it. I have no, no interest in, because even if, say when I was dating, I started a really nice girl, and she knew that she could only see me the days I don't have my kids because I don't want anybody meeting my kids. Even if that goes smooth, it derails, because that's the time I could be working on either my business or my, my health, like my mental health, going to 12-step meetings or yep. working out, and all those things I put in on the day off, when I'm with my kids, I'm a better Ryan. So right. the only thing I owe, that's my only commitment is them. So, you know, I look at it, I get that completely. You're doing the right thing. And God, when you literally stay spiritual and live the right way, right on your list of goals, like I was telling you about the thing I do, put down, hey, you know, find the right person, have a healthy, happy relationship. And then just give it to God. And I'm telling you, it'll, every relationship, I've had a couple of really good relationships when I got recovery. Yeah. That were, um, they didn't last long, they were, you know, six months, but they were good in the sense that they were people that were meant to be in my life at that point. Right. I was meant to be in their life at that point. It ended, it started nice, it ended nice. There was no, it was, there were quality. And there were other things, times where I thought, hey, I'm at that age where I have a business, I have a house, I have a car, but I should be married. Mm -hmm. 
And then I checked the box and I got married. And, oh, and that's what I'm okay. saying. Like when I see people being selfish, I did it. You know, Amanda did because you know, I think she obviously we, we felt like we cared for each other a lot. But a lot of it was, you know, she didn't have any stability in her mm-hmm. home life and didn't a whole, not a whole lot with like friendships. And mm-hmm. I thought, well, I have a business and I have um, all the outside stuff. I should ha- I should be married. And right. we both jumped in, and she was a single mom. So we both jumped in because we needed certain things from the other person and codependency and. There's only so long you can build a relationship on unhealthy things, yeah. you know, and, and I think we're going to be able to be have a deep right now. It doesn't look like it, but I'm hoping that we can have a decent like co-parenting thing. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. But regardless, I know I could be the best me. You right. Know? Like she's had something going on lately and it's, her life's been kind of complicated. And I've been able to be kind and understanding. And I mean, it's still never enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. She, she won't see it. But I can see that I'm able to do these things. To try to give like the best version of me because it's the mother of my kids. But if you can eliminate all that that I just told you I put into my life right. and you could just keep working on you, mm-hmm. keep building your career, keep building your health, keep building your fitness, keep building your recovery and let God really put the right person with us now, a year, five years, whatever. Dude, by the time you're in your 30s, be a multimillionaire with a beautiful, happy, healthy family. You know, balancing your life as much as any of us find balance. And that that's huge. Right. Yeah. Right. That's, um, that's, that's, I'm kind of stuck in a spot right now. It's like, I got this new job. Like, I've probably been there for six, seven months. Okay. It's going great. But, you know, not to complain. I don't want to sound like I'm complaining because I'm blessed. I know I'm blessed. Yeah. And, like, it's a great opportunity. I can move up, making good money. Um, but I'm trying to find that balance like you were talking about. Like, you know, my spirituality's good. My recovery's good. My job's good. But it's like the fitness part. Okay. Like, I have Tuesdays and Thursdays, I go to meetings, right? But recently, because I feel like I need a change, because I don't, you know, like learning from Billy, sometimes yeah. he gets like sick and tired of hearing the same guys. Yeah. Nothing against the guys. No, it's just you, you I want love a new all, message. I love all the guys around me, but it's like, all right, like I need something new. Yeah. So Tuesdays and Thursdays, I've been hanging out with my friends outside of AA. Okay. And just going golf. And man, like, yeah, you said you're I feel golf. like a fucking person. Yeah. Like, because when I first got out of uh, rehab, I was like, all right, I'm fucking all in and I need to get a solid foundation. It's like what we were talking, you need yeah. a solid spiritual foundation. So I need, you know, I hear this shit like the 90, 90, 90 yeah. meetings in 90 days for anybody who doesn't know, but. Um, I, def- I, I I did that and I fucking cracked down on it right when I got out because I was like, if I don't start now being solid, I'm never going to get it. Yeah. So for probably the first eight months of my recovery, I was going to meetings every day except sun- usually I would take off Sundays because like I, my mother's a big part of my life. I love yeah. being home with her, being home with my dad, yeah. you know. Being home with my yeah, dog. Yeah, dad used to go to the Sunday morning meeting. Yeah, yeah, we used to go to that one, and then, I don't know, we were kind of down on it, not taking yeah, anything away no, from no. it. I think it's great. For, like, as a newcomer, it was good, and then it's just like... You know what's a good like, meeting if everyone hit on a Sunday? It's a ride. It's called Tin Knockers. Have you ever heard of it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you got to get there two hours before, right, to get a no, bonus it's not bad anymore, though. Oh, now, really? Now you get there about 45 minutes before, I think before, someone right? told me you got to... Like, it used hey. to be two hours before. Really? Um, I might go next weekend, because... Um, my sponsor, Billy J. You know Billy J? Oh, yeah. He's the man. So he sponsored me now. Because I knew with Billy leaving, Yeah, I needed somebody who was here. You know? Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm going to ask uh, Armin. Yeah, exactly. So one of those. Yeah. Armin's actually Billy J's sponsor. You know what I mean? But I want to keep it in the same circle, guys, because the same beliefs we have, you know? Exactly. Like, those guys at Deadman, like... Yeah. Especially with Billy. Like, I feel like God put us together. Oh, God, yeah. You know, like... And he took me to that Deadman meeting and, like, all of those guys branching out, like... I just, I needed, like, I consider myself, like, I'm right in the middle of my winner's circle. Yeah. And I take in guys, in my head, this is, I'm, I'm crazy, in my head I have guys that I take in and let them into my circle. Yeah. And some guys will be like, hey, man, I'll say hi to you. I'm always very nice and respectful. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I'm not going to go to you with my problems. Yeah, there's certain people I yeah. don't want to, yeah. But and it's like, it's you know like, who to bring yeah. in. It's like that addict, al- alcoholic thing, you know, you can't bullshit a bullshit, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. So I feel like I have kind of a good, like, radar for, like, a genuinely good guy. And, like... I think most people do when yeah. they're clean. Oh, yeah, they 100%. Always, you know, they don't yeah. Want. Like, Billy, Billy J, Armin, yeah. like... Those, those crew people. They're fucking attractive. 
Yeah. Like I saw them and I was like, oh man, like they're fucking genuinely happy. They are. I, and they're happy no matter what goes on in their life. Like every one of those guys, if their wife left tomorrow, they wouldn't be yeah. all right. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the thing, man. Like when my breakup crazy. started going south and stuff and I was worried about this and that and I want to do the right thing. And yeah. I was literally like, like at one point I'm like, well, maybe I should just give her more. She'll be happier so we don't fight and this and that. My buddy goes, no matter what you give, Billy says, no matter what you give, it's not going to be enough. And you don't want to do things that it's going to leave Ryan's here in the future in a bad spot. And I was right. like, wow, like, how do you know that? He's like, yeah, he's like, you're so quick to be such people pleasers. Oh, like, oh, I, just want to, I don't want her to dislike me. He's like, dude, you're getting a divorce. Of course she's getting a dislike. I will tell you, those guys can live in it. They like having their wives, but every one of them, their wives left tomorrow, they'd be like, all right, well, <laughs> yeah. that, that's a gift of AA. And that's where I felt bad, like, for my, you know, from the girl's mom is she didn't get that luxury. Like, I said to her, you know, um, I think, you know, I think maybe she go to a 12-step program. I think maybe she go to a group that has support for people who've lost loved ones to addiction or suicide. No, 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 I don't know. That's not for me. I'm fine. I don't need that stuff, right? I'm strong enough. Right. And she's so alone. And I think to myself, like, this is so powerful because, yeah, I'm, I'm going through hurts a little. I'm just going to be high when the kids move out and all that. But, and here's the big but, I have an A. And I'll be a little stressed with the money in the hand, but I have a, and I'll be worried about, can I grow business? But I have a, but you know, there's a constant, but it's always saying, but I have a, right. Like, I don't know how to cook. And I don't know how I'm going to feed my daughter, but I have a, somebody will teach me. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Right. Like the stuff that we get given in this program is absolutely outrageously insane. Oh my God. Yeah. So, it's all right. You get sober. You're 21 years old. That's crazy to me. I'm so, I'm jealous. It's, it's funny. Everybody says, well, yeah, but imagine if you missed all those years. From 21 to like 28, all I did was try to be somebody I wasn't. I hung out with guys, all wise guys, because mm -hmm. I thought I wanted to be a mobster. Then mm -hmm. when they all went to prison, I didn't really realize it was real. And they yeah. all got 10 pieces, and each one was going for 10 years, 10 years. I was like, <sighs> so then I hung out with some financial geeks, and that, but, I, but I'm not really that geeky of a guy. Yeah. I'm kind of geeky, but I'm my own version of geeky. Yeah. And then I hung with guys, then I, it wasn't until I landed in a 12 step program where I was like, <sighs> Yeah, this man. is where I belong. These are my people. Hell yeah. And not all me. So the first three or four years I went to meetings, I was like, I don't want any part of these people's lives suck worse than my life on heroin. Mm -hmm. But when Billy brought me around and I went to the fold and I went to Money at Winchester, um, then I went to this other meeting. Then I started DMOV at my house. You know, that's how it started. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. We had yeah, it at my house. Me that yeah, yeah, we had it at my house. And I had, had surgery. And then, like, so then I had a Monday and a Wednesday meeting that was solid. And then we threw in like one other meeting and the next thing it was snowball. You know, like right now I've got a Thursday night step meeting. We took a couple weeks off because we just finished the steps. I'm going to go back nice. to Monday in Winchester and I'll probably get to dead man back in. So I'll have three night meetings Hell yeah. and Saturday mornings. Sunday time I go to Tim Knockers, yep. the bigger one of the, the, the meeting in uh, Wakefield. Yeah, that's but, where I was going to. Yeah. yeah but, like we said, just know. not, um, if a lot I'm of fucking people in there, man. There is. If I'm, if I'm going to take time to go to a meeting on Sunday morning, yeah. I want to get good recovery. Exactly. Not that I'm the pillar, but I, I know what I'm looking to hear. Yeah. But I will tell you, man, um, what I can't get over with you is that getting into what I'm trying to say, basically, is I landed where I was supposed to be in. I can't imagine landing there that much earlier. Mm -hmm. And that took a number of things. One, you had a, you know, perspicacity. You had to be like aware of like, hey, this is where I am. This is where it's going. And the next thing is like, the willingness, and the, a level of confidence or faith, or whatever you want to call it, that like, I know I'm supposed to get sober. Yeah. At 21, I should have stopped drinking. <laughs> and I did actually for a year while I took my Right, license. like you said, right? When you have to take a year off from drinking, or your father won't let you under your roof, you've got to obviously a problem. But the outside stuff didn't happen. Like you could wait and then you'll end up with me. At first it was a DUI. Then it was, um, Big, big case in New Hampshire because they tried to hit me with this other stuff and I was looking at federal time then it's this, state time then it's this. It only gets worse. Like for you to catch it that early and be working all the way on, you got good recovery. You're not a guy who's sober. You got recovery. That's a big difference. I oh, don't yeah. want to just be sober. I'd rather just fucking go off the keep it. Mm -hmm. But to have recovery and have a life that's like you're recovering not just what you had before but who you're meant to be. Yeah. And so, I mean, what's it like now? It's It's amazing. Like, really, like, when I was in rehab, I got there and I just, I was so nervous and it felt so wrong. Like, like that mini kind of intervention my family had for me in the hotel room. Yeah. I started crying. I was like, I don't want to go to rehab. Like, I just, you know, being away, 
That's scary. Yeah, I think I was also, I realize now that I think I was just trying to protect my drinking and using. Yeah, of course, you know? because yeah, the thought yeah. of being locked in there, and then, then you, when the gig's up, the gig's up. Yeah, so I get in there, and you know, I see all these people, and I'm like, all right, like, set up my room, and I go outside, and you know, Where'd you just go smoking rehab, cigarettes, North Kingstown, Rhode Island. I think it was called uh, Ad Care. I'm not right, yeah, sure. I've heard yeah, of Ad Care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love to go back down there for a commitment. But, oh, I think we go back there. I was like, yeah. really? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Jeez, you don't no. hear that often. Yeah, but it was awesome. But no, but Let's the only reason I bring that up is because I saw all these people in there. I was the youngest one uh, for my first couple of days. And then there was this another kid who was like 19. I tried to kind of like guide him a little because something just clicked in my head for me. That I was like, oh, my God. Like, I'm in the right fucking place. Like, not, I don't want to be here, but I need to be here. Well, you also and understood that there's another side of it because you saw your dad on the other side. Yeah. Yeah, you saw there's something beautiful around the corner yeah. if you do this work. Yeah, 100%. But the scariest part was the people who were in there. And this is no disrespect to anybody. This is just what did it for me. It's like I saw guys in there and, and women in there who, like, literally had to leave their job and leave their kids yeah. because they had a problem. And I was like, and I was like that will never fucking be me. Good. Don't like, let it be. That was, like, the lesson I got from being in. This was detox. Yeah. Um, because there are like, a lot of people who have to leave their families, leave their yeah. jobs, sometimes lose their jobs. Yeah. And I see people do it, and I'm like, God, please don't ever let me go there. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, I man. was lucky. I did all that shit, too, when I was single. I mean, I yeah. had a job, but I already burned my jobs in the ground. So by the time I was doing that stuff, I had no ties on the outside, which right. allowed me to work on me. Right. And I will tell you, as somebody who had to make changes while they were, had kids and wife and like had to make adjustments in his recovery and stuff, it's a lot harder to adjust things in your life. Like whether it's yeah. recovery, whether you're trying to get recovery to another level, you're trying to make changes, you're trying to stop other addictions. Like my new thing is I'm going to try to stop smoking cigars. It's out of hand. I mean, it was one cigar a week, then it was one every other day, and then it was one a day, and then it's like, you know, it's just out of hand. Yeah. So, but somebody who's had to go through all that, the less you have like bogging you down, mm -hmm. I mean, even now, if you had to go get sober now, all you really have on you, really, your pressure is just your business. Yeah. But if you try to think of five days or your business to go like to a detox, plus you can't feel shitty after I'm I'm telling you as somebody who's had to do it, yeah, it will cause a lot of headaches in your life. Oh yeah. You know, and yeah. I mean you're in a great spot. And I I look at it and somebody on the outside, so I always try to learn from other people. Right. You know, I've always learned that like, you know, smart guys learn from their mistakes, wise guys learn from their other people's mistakes. <laughs> and I, I've never learned a lesson easy myself. I can't learn from usually other people's mistakes. I can't even usually learn from my own until the pain is so fucking bad. It's mm -hmm. like somebody's ripping some of my soul out. Me too. So I will tell you though, I also try to learn this characteristics because when I learn about cracking the code, I'm like, there are certain characteristics. You know, you hear about character defects that make people fall on their face, but there's certain attributes that I see in certain people that I'm like, all winners have these things. Like all winners have grit, tenacity. You know, discipline is a must. Yeah. You know, and discipline this, you would talk about wanting to get the fitness in gear. What you need to do is look at it and say, all right, what days what days you work? Monday through Friday? Yeah. So you say, all right, Saturday, Sunday, I'm working out each of those days. Monday through Friday, I gotta pick two of those days. I gotta yeah. get four days in a month. Like for me, I don't work, I used to work out every day. I try to do either cardio or weights every one every day, but I'm gonna tell you right, I don't do cod cardio, I walk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I learned was if I could just cut the weights down to like four days a week, I can actually grow again. I was just overtraining everything, I was just getting flat and sore. But I will tell you, man, all these little tricks I learned, like I never train more than 20 minutes. Never. I tell people, if you're training more half hour, it tops. So 20, 30 minutes. If you go over a half hour, you're wasting your time in my fucking time, I tell folks. Really? If people work out with me, my buddy taught me when he got out of prison. He's like a second cousin of me. And uh, he came out jacked up. And I said, well, I know there's no juice in this. So it wasn't juice. In this. So what are you doing, <laughs> you know? He goes, Ryan, I'll teach you. So, like, for example, today I'll work out, right? I'll do chest press, some sort of press machine or dumbbells or whatever. I'll do a set of that, go right into a set of back, either pull downs rows but yeah. something I prefer machines because it's easier to just move the pin rather than have a load run low weight yeah that's true so I'll do one then the second it goes from chest then back chest then back maybe from chest to back no rest then from the back back to chest maybe 10 seconds tops rest yeah. after the second set of doing chest and back then I might rest up to a minute because now I'm going to go one heavy set uh, then at the end of that I'm going to Take it at the end, drop the weight up, move the pin up so it's a little light and keep going until I can't do more. Yeah, so until failure. Yeah, so I'll go failure, yeah. then move the pin. Failure should be about six to 10. Move right. the pin, failure should be five to six. 
with a the pin, then maybe two or three. Then go right to back, same thing. 10 to 12, oh, then yeah, like, yeah, yeah. move the pin, is seven to seven to nine, it's so burnt. Then I'll do shoulder press machine like this, yep. with bicep curls, okay. um, either the machine with the cables, or straight the machine where you put your elbows there, whatever. Yep, yep. Then I'll do, so, one, so shoulders, then buys, rest 10 seconds, shoulders, buys, rest 10 seconds, sh then rest 30 seconds, or a minute. Then shoulders, heavy, then drop, heavy, drop one more. So I'm gonna go, you know, but I'll burn them. Then I'll do um, buy, same thing. Right. And then, so superset, burn them out. Then I'll do triceps, so superset with abs. And some days I'll do two body parts of muscle group. Other days I'll do just one. I'm going back to my old way of training where I'm just gonna work, warm up a body pot and do like two sets of this, two sets of that. And so there's ways to train, but I'm never more than a half hour. That's crazy. And that's when I'm at the best. Right now I haven't been training that well and I've been eating shitty as hell. But when yeah. I'm at the best shape of my life, 20 to 30 minutes with weights, four to six times a week. Yeah. Cardio, 20 to 30 minutes. A three, day? Three times a day. Three times, three times, a, three times a week. Three times a week? And uh, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah. And that's when I'm ripped and I'm in the best shape of my life. Right. Yeah. Right. And I and then I eat some more clean when I'm in that shape. Yeah. I mean, but lately I've been hard. I've been eating everything. I'm it's not. crazy, yeah. What what I found when I was really into it because I used to work seven to two, and that like my life working seven to two was a fucking breeze, bro. Like I love that shit. I work seven to two. What's your hours now? Seven to three thirty. But like, yeah. Sometimes it's it's always seven to three thirty, but sometimes it's seven to five. Where do you where do you work? Or you're on the road. The so where do you, what time do you have to be at work? Seven. seven we say seven between seven and seven thirty. But yeah. you know, like you give a little leeway because, like I said, we're not a union. Yeah. But it's like get there at seven thirty. We get there at eight. Put in an extra thirty minutes, and it's no big deal. Yeah. So like, what I was just thinking about doing, and you're welcome to join me, is I'm gonna start going back to the morning workouts. Yeah. Go away from because I'm lazy in the morning. Oh, you I'm know? wicked lazy. But if I want to get my discipline back and I want to be the guy, I want to be for my kids. I'm like, you know what? If I want to become a multi-bazillionaire and I want to have time off with my kids, the only thing I can, I can't take time, I can't create more time in a day. Yeah. And I know that at night I want to be able to do things with them. I don't want to be, so I'm going to start getting up at 5, 5.15, go to Stoneham, um, Planet, Planet, or LA, LA Fitness. Fitness. Yeah, LA, LA Fitness. Fitness. Work out a half hour a day yep. in the morning and, you know, and then just be on my way. Yeah. And, and you can do it. You might seem like you can't. Um, Oh yeah. So, so my last time that I had struggles, I my like about four years ago, whatever time it was, um, I don't remember what year it was. Regardless, I was getting up every day at quarter or five. I was at the gym when they opened the door at five. Really? And dude, I was like, like you know, ripped in hair, ripped in you know, and I, it was just the discipline because when you start your way a day that way, you're burning on it all. There's no fat in your body, so you're automatically getting lean. Then you start after that, you're gonna throw protein, shake something in, or yogurt, yeah. and then you're already getting some protein early in the day. It's, it creates the whole day, you know, your prayer, like everything goes, it just, it's it's weird. No, I can, I can understand. It's yeah, easy it's, it's, it's funny. Oh yeah. yeah no. But the funny thing was, is when I really got into lift, like I was going hard for like probably five months oh. and I had guys who pushed me and taught me. Yeah. So that was very helpful, but the first month was tough. Oh God. And then, you know, like, you, you started building that strength, stop getting it sore as fuck every day. Oh, my God. I remember but, that. But, yeah, we were going, we were definitely going, like, four to five times a week. I would say, like, but, like, religiously. That's a lot, though. Yeah. But I felt, like, as I went, it made me want to do things like eat clean. Well, like, that's just it, because like, I already worked out. I feel good about myself. Why, do I why am I going to ruin it with a meatball sub? But if I don't yeah. work out later in the day... Off and making bad decisions with food. Oh yeah, yeah, it's, it's funny. Yeah. And even or also though, I didn't know this, but I couldn't see that I kept staying lean even when I cheat on my diet. My buddy taught me that if you work out first in the morning, it's like you you start your body like a, a fire. You throw coal in it. It's a furnace, and you throw all this coal in it to burn because you're just training. But there's no later on. You're still burning all day, but you're not having to shovel coal. In other words, you're not working out more. So everything you put in there for food starts burning. So you naturally, your body processes food epically different yeah. than it did if, if you're eating the other that way. makes sense. I didn't know that, that but yeah. So if you work out in the morning, you turn on your thermostat in your body to burn food differently. It's crazy. crazy. And I mean crazy. When I was in the best shape of my life, probably about three, four years ago, was it three, I don't know, four or five years ago, whatever the hell it was. I would say I, at least two days a week I had donuts for breakfast. 
and I ate like you know sausages for lunch if I wanted to go stop at a sausage stand somewhere. Yeah. I ate um yeah I mean I would get salads or steak tips or salad with chicken from like a, a sub shop sometimes or I would get you know um, sushi, but I wasn't eating clean. Today. I wasn't eating bad, but and man, it was just so easy to stay in shape. Yeah. And now because with what going on in my personal life, when I'm stressed, I burn calories like that. Really? So I know how easy it's going to be to stay in shape. So my answer is I'm going to go all in right now and take advantage of it rather than do what I usually do. And like the last couple of months I've been coasting. I'm like, oh, I don't even have to worry about what I eat because I'm stressed out and I'm burning anyways. Yeah. But I'm telling you, so let's get back on track rather than my nonsense about my donuts. So, you know, we talked about like, you know, getting in, what you did, what your routines and some of the things that make you successful. What do you think, what do you think, first of all, was naturally you, was it? discipline, focus, maybe pride or love for your parents. What do you think the natural part of getting sober was for you, the easy part that was already in you? Probably what I was not willing to lose. Okay. Like, so, so I had too stuff. much on the line. Yeah. Family. Um, you know, just because to me, I learned from a young age, like, you know, going through the show, my, like, family's everything. Yeah. You know, like, if I didn't have a family, I'd still be out there. Okay, like, so, so your emotional family values. Oh, 100%. I mean... So, yeah, that makes sense. See, you, I yeah. know you have that. And I know that even your dad, when he went through a tough time, he valued his family. He just couldn't hold on to it. Like like me. Yeah. Like, when, when, when you're going through a tough time, if it's certain addictions, you, you, it doesn't matter what you value, you can't yeah. hang on. So, okay, what do you think... Um, I always see you learn from people around you. What do you think something you took from Billy T? Good example. We won't let him know he's getting credit for anything. So you can just say it's nothing. About yeah, we should have called him a different or name or something. Yeah, bag, baggy. So what do you think you learned from the bags? Um, spirituality, happiness, um, how to be like a man. And when I say that, I don't mean like a like put no, your dudes up. No, I know up. exactly what you mean. Like I mean like how to like be there for your family, how to set boundaries, like how to be happy, like. I learned so much from Billy, and it's like I can't even put it into words sometimes. Well, you know, when you said the man thing, I, I think anybody who knows him. So that's what I what I learned from Billy when he first sponsored me was this. How to walk into a room with my shoulders back, not tensed up, not flexing, my shoulders back, my head held high, not in an arrogant way. And I could calmly walk in, okay with myself. Yeah. I could look somewhat like I could hold my own, but I could then talk to somebody who was going through pain and gently say to them, hey, how you doing today? Exactly. And genuinely care. I didn't have to come off like a tough guy. I didn't have to come off weak and try to people please. I could walk in with the confidence of what an arrogant person might yeah. look like they'd have, but then you'd be a genuinely sweet person at heart. Right. And that's, that's what a man is. Yeah. A man is somebody who doesn't have to flex muscle at people, mm -hmm. who could be kind to I always say what defines you is how you treat people who could do nothing for you. Exactly. You know, what I do for like clients, it's nice that my clients nice to be, but I make money off them. Yeah. But like what I do for the Wuban Council concern, like when we just you know, we just recently gave, gave enough gift cards so you could buy all these families in need of, like clothes for their kids going back to school. And that meant a lot to me because there's no upside to me. There's a good feeling inside, but there's nothing that they can do for me. Because she always says, what can I do for you? I'm like, there's nothing you can do for me. I don't want it. Like, yeah. God's been good to me. Right. And so I learned that from Billy. And what do you think this era you've improved most? Uh, inner peace. Inner peace? Because I had nothing, like, I couldn't sleep without something in my body, at least. I mean, yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't think. I was never happy. I couldn't. One of my favorite, th like, when I, I realized when I really had a problem was when I my favorite things to do started getting jeopardized by oh, I got to drink, I got to smoke weed, I got to do this, I got to do that. So you know, watching football with my dad, yeah. golfing, um, just being with my family, like out to dinner, you, watching you, a movie. You ever think of it this way? And maybe it's just the way I looked at it. I looked at it this way. Here was my life that I have, like, the life I have today. Like I get up, I'm, I'm pretty happy. Yeah. Like I wake up with a little anxiety some days, like we've talked about Gary, yeah, the fucking producer. human. But most of the times now, I used to have paralyzing fear. I would lay in bed two hours when I woke up yeah. with anxiety and fear. And I'm talking only a year ago. Now I wake up and I shake it off, and most of my anxiety tension is just because of like my my current situation. Yeah. Um, then I start my day, and uh, it, my day's in 3D. Like I look at the flowers, and like the or like the sun will hit the trees, oh, and it'll man. be like 3D. The green will pop. When I was using drugs and alcohol. My whole life, even if I wasn't putting anything in my system, because it was always thinking about it or whatever, it was like a gray, like a veil mm -hmm. of gray went over everything. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like everything yeah. in life, there was no, like, there was no spark to it. There was no boom. Yeah. It was just fucking gray. 
And oh, now yeah. life's beautiful. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, That's what Billy, I, going back to that question, Billy taught me to look for God. You know what I mean? So even driving here, traffic fucking sucked. Yeah. But I wasn't, like, it's not like I had, like, the horse with those things. Yeah. I wasn't just focused on, oh, my God, I got to ride this guy back. Yeah. I saw fucking families walking their kids down the street, holding hands with their kids. Yeah. And for me, that's so powerful. Like, because I said it early, like, it's all I ever wanted. I just want a, I want a family. Like, I love little kids. Yeah. Um, I went to school for teaching. I wanted to help yeah, be a part of kids' lives. Kids, yeah. yeah, and I used to work with kids in the summer. But, you know, I just, it wasn't for me. I couldn't do school. Not it's like I'm saying I couldn't do it now. Too. I mean, I think yeah. about it, like these kids yeah. go to school, they can basically spit at a teacher. Ah, it's like being a cop. Like they exactly. get no respect anymore. Exactly. It's not, yeah. I didn't want to do that. No. You know, like also peace in the sense of work. Like I could go get a degree and, you know, say finance like you, but am I going to be happy? Like I know I need to make money, but being comfortable with myself is more yeah. important than that because if I have all the money in the world like you said yeah house Ferrari yeah you want to fucking shoot yourself yeah I noticed that like I I have to have that balance like also kind of like you were talking about like cracking the code baby that's the the code for me is like that balance in my life where you know social life AA social life home yeah. life work everything needs to and the other stuff will come, come and go you know yeah yeah but just the thing that helps me slow down my day the most is like looking for God, like birds. You yeah. That about Michelle, but like just little stuff, like it's crazy. And no, like, but it's nice. crazy. It's beautiful, dude. Just being That's fucking nice. Like, I try to be yeah. nice to everybody who I see during the day. Like I've had probably less than ten bad days in sobriety, like yeah. real bad. You have bad like, times sometimes, but I not know, a full yeah. day. But yeah. I'm saying, if you think about it and you look at it, 365 days. Yeah. 10 really bad days that's not bad that's not bad at all that's not bad bro and I'll tell you I um there's certain things that you notice about people I pay attention to details I pay attention to how somebody treats a waitress or waiter oh me too um so Tipping. When, you, when you yeah so when you will leave when I was going right into the bathroom I heard you um say to Marie like thank you so much for the sandwich it was really good that made her fucking day because all she wants to do is to be nice to people she usually bakes, but it's too hot out to bake today. She bakes every Friday. And like, and she, she, first thing she says when you come here, I'm sorry to bake it too. I'm like, why? You're not obligated, first of all. And secondly, like, when you said that to her, made her day. And that's the stuff she just wants to be appreciated. Like, Man. there's nothing you can give. I mean, there were days where I gave her one time, like, fairly recently, I gave her a check for a couple of bucks um, for uh, just a bonus out of the blue just to say thank you. And a couple of weeks after, I wrote her a nice handwritten note. And I got more reaction out of the handwritten note oh, than I yeah. did. And I thought to myself, God, I could have saved a couple of bucks, you know? And uh, But she just, like, and that's that's how I always say it is with me. Like, people who, like, there was a kid that used to work for me, and he knew that there's nothing you're going to give me for Christmas, my birthday, nothing. But if you can write me something, like, he wrote me this long handwritten note about what a good example I am for his kids and what a good role model I am, what I've taught him. It may, half of it was probably wasn't accurate. It's was probably too nice, but it was so nice. It made my day. Uh, well, Chris, the kid that works for me, I brought his mo- a cake to get for his mother for a family party. So I ordered it from him. He went and picked it up at the bakery. And she wrote me this like handwritten note, Mr. Ryan. And, yeah. and like, it's that's the stuff that really matters. It's really how you treat people because the yeah. stuff, listen, I, I won't lie to you. I've been broke. I wouldn't say I've been rich, but I've been affluent. I've been broke. And I like, I like having money. You know, Hell yeah. um, one of the best years of my life, I always say, was 2014 or 15. At that point, I was making good money. You know, I was probably in the top 1% or 0.01% of the country, right? But I was happy with everything. Mm. You know, I was happy with everything. And now, the last couple of years, yeah, I'm mean, pulling the car, I drive and I'd be up against the garage in my nice car and the house. And, and I just wanted to die. Yeah. You know, and, and now it's not like that. I just make sure I compartmentalize like my time with Dylan's Dylan. My time with Kenny is Kenny. It doesn't have to before I look at like a package so I'd run from it, like, oh god, mm-hmm. there, you know, the window. And now and I'm also learning how to do that on the other side of it so that it's fair to, you know, I can be there more for her. Yeah. And help her to have happiness. And the nice thing is as you get and you really it's just a word, it's just like a it's like an art, like a practice, kind of like meditation's a practice or, or um whatever martial arts. Mm-hmm. You know, you got work, you got your family right now, you got trying to stay in shape, you got um, whatever, recovery, you know, all these things. And you'll just, it's just like a balancing thing. Sometimes the little bars move on the pie graph, but you'll get better and better and better. And then slowly, 
God will give you a wife, maybe. And then next, you know, there'll be a little coming out of these categories or a little other relationships, a little more there. And then it, you'll have a baby. And then, you know, it's, then there'll be other times we'll be sponsoring a bunch of guys and a lot of them will be going to recovery. Maybe work will be back. You know, like I'm just like, scaling back and work a little. I don't come in most days till like 1130. I usually go to a meeting every morning. Um, it's just not as important to me as recovery is right now. Your day's better, I bet, too. My day's a lot better. And, well, <laughs> and my, personally, I mean, I'm not making as much probably, but I don't care. I don't care. Like I don't. I always say to clients, and it just hit me one day. I said to a client, "If I give you another hundred thousand, because I was talking about why there's no reason to take risk. If I made you a hundred thousand dollars more next year, it wouldn't change your life at all." She was like, "No." I was like, "But if I lost a hundred thousand of your money, it would hurt." She goes, "Yeah." And I thought to myself, "If I gave me a hundred grand more next year, would it help?" No, I wouldn't even know. But man, if I if I take that time and invest in recovery or family time. That'll hit. Like oh, that, you know? there. So, yeah. Aiden, this was awesome having you on. Now, it would be cool if people reach out. Any young guys and gals want to reach out and talk about recovery? Because you're in an age where yeah. you have a lot to offer. And there aren't many people. I don't even, I'm going to be honest. I don't know anybody your age or where recovery is. That's, no, and now, again, I'm old. So, maybe I'm just removed. Um, I know it's a good meeting every Friday night. It's good, yes, you know. I've been to that meeting, but I, I don't know. It's, well, I, it's, it's my it's own personal thing. It's like I feel like that meeting, if I share something like strong about recovery, well, yeah. it will push people away. I don't think that the acquired, like I think those are kids that are just using it to stay sober and socialize. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that for now. But there's so much more. Yeah. Here. I just yeah. don't want to sound like a know-it-all. No, and, but, but I think sometimes you get let on that you know. I remember when Billy walked into me once. He, looked, he had these short shorts on. He rode a bike, a tank top. He looked like he got mugged. He had this beat up 10 speed. I remember thinking, this poor guy. When we walked out there, I remember thinking, this poor guy. Like, he had his little mustache, real goat, he was all ruffled. I remember thinking, God, he looks like he's in rough shape. And he put his hand up at me and shit. He was like, the peace that came out of this guy's voice. That's it. So I asked for his number after, and I, we stayed in touch loosely. And I still remember, like, I had pulled in this nice Mercedes AMG, um, which I had a park in my neighbor's garage because they were trying to repo it because I wasn't making the payments. But I thought I was such a baller, you know what I mean? I can't even afford it, but I was so insecure I had to have it. <laughs> and I'll never forget, like, when I got to know him, I'm like, oh, you got a good job. He's like, yeah, he's telling me about his job. I'm like, geez, it's like a really good job. And I was like, why do you look like a homeless person? He's like, I didn't know I did. I'm like, you didn't know so shorts were too little? And, like, the shirt was. But the thing was, it was something about him and that's the best part of all is if I had known he had had the outside stuff I would never know if I was attracted to him mm -hmm. to help me because of the stuff but I gotta tell you every guy I, I work with like that I have helped me or that I've helped in the past I tell him it's gotta be about the spark you know if it's about if it's about the stuff what I'm trying and what's on my wrist it's, it's bullshit you know what I'm right. saying with them you are awesome brother you have awesome recovery it's awesome being a part of your life I, uh, we're gonna be very close because with him moving we oh, all fuck yeah man Gotta stick together, my Thanks, boy. Thanks, brother. Yeah, God thank bless. you. Thank you.